Well, how about I start off with a rant right now? So chapter five here is called false insistence. God cannot be two because the Bible says God is one. That's the main the theme of the chapter. False insistence, they're all called false insistence. And it says God yeah. cannot be two because the Bible says God is one. Right off the bat, this wording here is a bit deceptive. The whole yeah. chapter is full of lies and deliberate misrepresentations is, is very frustrating. But when it says here that God is one, you know, th that is a very loose, less specific language that can be taken in more than one way. For example, yes. a Mormon can agree with this and he can, you know, you know, he'll, he, because he, he can still believe in multiple gods. Um, you know, they note how they don't use very specific language here when they say that, you know, they don't go and say that the Bible says there's only one God. What do they say? It says that God is one. It's a sleight of hand right from the beginning, where if you just read it quickly without thinking, you know, think it through, you're going to be start to be led to the conclusion that these guys are trying to lead you to in the staff of Moses. You know, I can talk to Mormons all day long and they're going to nod their heads up and down, agreeing that God is one. But when I start to ask them a different question, if there's just one God, then that's when they're going to start to disagree with me. So, you know, um, this, so this, this really demonstrates the importance of defining your terms. When someone brings up a doctrine, it sounds a little strange to you, you know, that's when you've got to start asking questions like, what do you mean by that? You know, define mm -hmm. your terms. In order to do this first, you have to know what you believe. That's really important as a Christian. But if Christians would do this every time and ask people to define their terms, there wouldn't, wouldn't be so, much so many people getting deceived. So just to illustrate this in my first round here, um, the Mormon view of God is very different than the Christian view of God. Uh, just like the World Mission Society Church of God's view is very different from the biblical view of God. Um, to the Christian, you know, God is triune, where you have three persons in one God. And these persons are separate and distinct from another. They're not the same person as the modalist heresy, you, which you find in the World Mission Society Church of God, where they say it's really one person, but he puts on three different modes. He sometimes appears as the Father, sometimes appears as the Son, sometimes appears as the Holy Spirit. But actually, you know, God is basically, you know, three persons, separate personalities, distinct persons in one God. Um, and it's kind of crazy because the, the World Mission Society Church of God claims to believe in the Trinity, but they've totally redefined it. So getting back to the idea of where they say um, the Bible says God is one, the Mormons believe in three separate gods, but he or she could easily say these gods are just one in purpose, okay? And this is the exact same thing as World Mission Society Church of God says we're going to see soon. So that's why, you know, they're, they're kind of starting it off kind of, you know, as they say in Chicago, wonky because, you know, it's not like, you know, they're saying that there's one God. The God cannot be two because the Bible says God is one God. It says God is one. Well, what sense do they mean he's one? He's one in purpose, not one in essence or nature, like we would say as Trinitarians. One thing also that I want to point out, kind of, you know, just piggybacking a little bit off of what you said, is because when I was, you know, prepping for this, this episode, I noticed that, okay, they say um, God cannot be two because the Bible says God is one. And in the introduction, they say... Um, the Bible says there's only... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, sorry. God cannot be two because the Bible says God is one. So, um, it's, I thought it was weird that they said God cannot be two versus there cannot be two gods. And that's I think my that point, also, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's one of the things that really stood out to me is that, that like you said, the choice of words, right? It, it makes it confusing because this is, again, if you were to go up to a WMSCOG member and ask them, you know, do you believe in one God or two? They would, you know, probably stutter over their answer uh, before giving it to you, as opposed to like if you ask a WMSCOG member, what day do you go to church? They're, they're going to say right away Saturday. Or what day is the Sabbath? They're going to say right away Saturday. Or what do you need to be saved? Passover, right? But if you ask them, do you believe in one God or two? They're going to dance around the answer because it's it's in the WMS. It's, it's a confusing thing that nobody wants to ask that direct question about to a leader. Because it's something that they yeah, should theoretically into, already know. There's kind of like so, two ways that they actually describe, you know, how many gods there is. We're going to get into that a little bit in the study. So you're saying, Kelsey, that they don't want members are confused about it, but they don't want to ask about it 
and why did you say it was that they don't want to ask about it? Because it's one of those things that you should already know the answer to, almost. Um, because it's not something that's directly said within the WMS unless, you know, I mean, you can read certain things like, you know, God's called ones or God the Father, God the Mother. They say there's God the Father and they say there's God the Mother. But at the same time, like, so you know, they, they say there are two gods. But at the same time, they many times refer to God as in the singular, right? They'll say God said or you know we want to please god not we want to please gods right mm -hmm. and so it's it's one of those things that it's like is it one god or is it two but i'm afraid to ask my leader because they're gonna say you should already i mean it shows that I you see. don't have a basic understanding of god you I know see. okay so well there's top-down confusion in the church about that we're gonna get into that for sure absolutely mm -hmm. yep so, Steve, was that your – did you have more on that first, the introduction section there? No, just basically the need to define terms, yeah. the way they kind of deliberately try to lead you down the path by saying God is one. But that's kind of not a narrow enough thing because that's not just the point, you know, because Mormons can say God is one, one purpose. And that's basically what they're saying. They're not saying that there's one God. They're polytheists. We're going to see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that said, what they do in the intro is they, they'll quote 1 Timothy uh, 2.5 mm -hmm. and 1 Timothy 6.15, which are both verses that, uh, again, very clearly mention that God is one, that he's the only ruler. Um, and then so they move on to in the main subject, which is called, Why Did God Say Let Us? And so what they're going to do is they're going to go to Genesis again, a uh, favorite place of theirs to go. Uh, when dealing with uh, trying to prove mother God. And so so here, what I'll do, guys, I'm just going to read this this little section here in, in main subject one is, is pretty short. It's just like a handful of sentences. So I'm going to read this, and then we can just kind of comment on this first section here. So, so they say, if there were only one God, the Father, God should always have been described as singular. In Genesis 1, however, God is definitely described as plural. And then they quote Genesis one twenty six, which says, God, uh, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. There's something really, really big here. Uh, I'll, I'll, we can come back to this, but um, to finish it, 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 they say, in reference to God, why is the plural form us used instead of the singular form me? If their insistence were right, God should have said, I will make man in my image, in my likeness. However, God certainly said, let us, uh, plural pronouns, so their insistence is wrong. So basically what they're saying is, uh, God says in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. And so they're saying, okay, if God was just one God, he should have said, let me make man in our image. Guys, what what's wrong with, with all that? Well, it's just silly and deceptive at the same time again. Um, <clears throat> again, we believe in the Trinity, so God is not just one person. Um, we believe God is three persons in one being. And when they try to say it this way about like, uh, you know, I'll make man in my image, that's not even what we believe at all. This is completely lame and manipulative. So, you know, their insistence is wrong. They're being led to false conclusions. The Jehovah's Witnesses do this the same thing. They have a book called Let God Be True. And in that book, they say, you know, Christians believe in a freakish looking three headed God. And this is essentially bearing false witness and putting false words in our mouth um, very deliberately. Cults do this consistently. Um, you know, they say that we do it, but we don't do it. I mean, cults deliberately deceive and Christians don't, I think. Um, you know, as Jordan said tonight, we spent a lot of time in trouble researching everything carefully. And if we made an error, we would be the first to publicly correct it, wouldn't we, Jordan? We'd go in front of the camera and say, hey, we made a mistake. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, but in, uh, other, and then lack of integrity with these guys, what do they do? They rewrite their history mm -hmm. of their movement. They, they change right. their books. They'll take their chapters and change concepts in their books. They pretend they false prophecies it. never happened. Right. You know? And then and they, gaslight, they gaslight members saying they never taught it at all when they did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yep. and they serve the father of lies. And, you know, and they hate when people say things like this. They're going to say, oh, you're persecuting us. You know, you're you're saying bad things about us because 
all we're doing is we're calling you out because you did take chapters out of your books. You did cover up false prophecy dates. You did rewrite the history. And now you're going to say, oh, you're persecuting us. And we, we just, you know, they, they just hate when we do this. But, you know, uh, let's, if you want to talk about persecution in the second sermon book, you say that Protestant Catholic churches are prostitutes that belong to Satan and that the Roman Catholic Church is a, a home for devil, devils and demons. So if you want to talk about persecution, you know. Uh, you guys are way ahead tame. of us on that. This is pretty tame compared to what they pretty do. Pretty tame. The and yeah. we're just yeah. documenting everything. We're not just doing a bunch of name calling. We're saying, hey, you know, there is deliberate deception. There's cover-ups. There's moving information. And, you know, anybody who's listening to this in the church, we want you to go check this out yourself. Do your own research, you know. Right. Um, Paul right. says, test all things, hold fast, which is good. Not just listen to your church leaders and believe, you know, whatever they tell you. Um before Kelsey chimes, I want to say one more thing. So they kind of say, you know, um, if there's only one God, God would, should have been described as singular. In Genesis 1, however, God definitely describes plural. He said, let us make man in our image. Well, Christians have always understood these verses, you know, this verse in Genesis 1, um, to refer to the members of the Trinity in an interpersonal dialogue, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three separate and distinct persons, not the way it's described by the Church of God, which is really one person. But as I said, Christians have always believed for 2,000 years there's three separate, distinct minds, personalities, but in one being. And the pronoun us is also used in other places, um, <clears throat> such as Genesis 3.22, Genesis 11.7. They um, pull Isaiah all those to prove Elohim. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But that... But it's basically as Yahweh there. It's not even Elohim anyway. Yeah. But uh, a proper understanding of the Trinity definitely gives explanation for the language of this verse. So you know, it's, always, think, it's always like God's described as singular afterwards, not as they. Right. So um, well, one thing that like caught me when reading through this section is how they, they seemingly pretend as if they are concerned with the like – correctly interpreting the words according to uh you know whether the wording is is intended to be singular or plural and they're 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 pretending to be so passionate about this like in genesis uh in reference to genesis 126 but in that that very same verse they're completely uh uh ignoring and they outright in the same chapter change the wording have to change the wording in this this verse uh, and in doing so, they completely ignore like the the way these words were intended to be used, whether singular or plural. And, and so, what I mean by that, let me explain that. What I mean is, uh, so they're using Genesis one twenty six, which again says, "Let us make man in our image and in our likeness." And so, I'm emphasizing where in the book they emphasize those spots: us, our, our. And then they go on to make this this claim of look like God's obviously more than one God. You got you got to be faithful to the you know the words and whether that word is intended to be singular or plural. And obviously this is plural. Okay, but listen to that again. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Well, is that image or images? You guys got to be mm -hmm. consistent exactly. here. Okay, you're you're pretending to be so like passionate about whether. Us and our are singular or plural. Well, be, Hair be splitting consistent. On the words. Be, yeah, be yeah. passionate about whether image and likeness are singular or plural, and and they're singular. Images, they're, these are singular yes. uh, uh, nouns. And so, if you jump to the end, we'll, we'll get to this a little bit more later. But if you look at the very first, like their concluding uh, statement uh, in this chapter, they say, "To help you understand more easily that the one and only God has two images." Okay, two images. Where are they getting that? Uh, where is that at? So again, they're they're pretending to be so like concerned about getting the wording right here. Is this singular or plural? But then Genesis one twenty six, this very verse they're using to prove their point, which says image single. Mm -hmm. They completely, they literally change it to images. They literally mm -hmm. make it make this singular word plural. And so it's just like the, Sell them in Hebrew, this is yeah. it's it's like it's mind numbing to see like just the inconsistency and the the irrationality that that well really Ju Cho Kim who who seems to have been yeah. pretty heavily involved with the writing of this book um, 
the arguments are just again they're mind-numbingly bad if you just stop and, and well how come the it, jews it, never came up with this jordan i mean right. the jews had the torah right you know for 1500 years before you know christ came and how come you know in their commentaries they're not saying things about you know how there's right. multiple gods here they're monotheists just like christians are you know church of god or polytheists believing this lady in her 70s created the universe along with Ansan Hong, but, um, you know, the, the, the Jews never took polytheism out of this verse and looked at the images that way either. Yeah. Very yeah, late that, invention. Yeah, I mean, like, why... And Ansan Hong didn't even believe in it, actually. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's 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 true. I mean, Ansan Hong, he wrote a whole book refuting the idea that there exists a God the Mother. But it's like, again... You and know, use this verse, too, right? Yeah, I mean, the WMS, I mean, they're they're headquartered in Korea, right? I mean, this, this church is led by Koreans, right? Um, and, you know, these people can speak, you know, some de- you know so, to some degree. A lot of them can speak English a little bit, right? But Hebrew is not a commonly studied language in, in Korea, right? And then they say, oh, well, the pastors study Korean. Do you know how much time required of a normal member of this church? As a normal member, I would not have had time to study Korean. I mean, I, I say Korean is for school, but um, I would not have had time to study Hebrew, right? So let alone a pastor who has to actually, you know, run, has much more responsibilities, right? Who has to learn English, right? Studying Hebrew to the point, you know, the theologian, right? So why are we taking Hebrew advice from people who clearly do not study Hebrew? Yeah, exactly. Right? right. Right. And so, and and uh, like like to your point, Steve, it's like um, you know, if if this really means if if Elohim really means you know multiple gods, God the Father, God the Mother, in this scenario, then why people who speak Hebrew, why don't they believe that? Right? Why are all the yeah, Jewish the people language. who speak Hebrew, why don't they believe in multiple gods? Right? But the one thing I actually, because like when I was a member, one of the common like sayings that we would that we would explain when talking about Elohim is that you know the word Elohim is used over twenty five hundred times in the Bible, right? Um, but actually, like uh, uh, Jordan, can you pull up the Wikipedia page for the word Elohim? Because yep. I want to show one thing in particular because that's a common like sentence that is said by members. Um, and taught within the church that, you know, the word Elohim is used 2,500 times in the Bible. So they would say, you know, why is God referred to as in plural over 2,500 times, much more than the singular form El, right, which is used just 47 times in the Old Testament? Well, I want you guys to see the rest of that sentence. So if you can scroll down to the usage section, I believe it's in the usage section. Number three. Yeah, so, um, da, 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 let me find it. Oh, yeah, so, okay, so the under the use of section, second paragraph, it says, and again, all you can, if, because people are going to say this is Wikipedia, how can you trust Wikipedia? There's sources listed, you can check the sources on your own time. Um, but it says, the word Elohim occurs more than 2,500 times in the Hebrew Bible. All the members say this sentence, but let's read the second part of that sentence. With meanings ranging from gods in a general sense, as in Exodus 12.12, where it describes the gods of Egypt, to specific gods, the frequent reference to Yahweh as the Elohim of Israel, to demons, to seraphim and other supernatural beings, to the spirits of the dead, brought up at the behest of King Saul in 1 Samuel 28, and to kings and prophets. Right. Yes, the word Elohim might appear in the Bible over twenty five hundred times. Does it refer to specifically the Hebrew God twenty five hundred times? No. Right. So I wanted people, I wanted members to see this. And again, if you're going to, you know, why Wikipedia? Look at this. The, their sources are cited there. So you can check the sources on your own time. But I mean, so the they WMS, make it sound like Elohim's always talking about God, mm-hmm. Father, the true God. It's not. Yeah, and in the evidence book, I can't pull out the evidence book for, you know, legal reasons because that book's not legally allowed to be sold anymore. But within the evidence book, there was a specific page that it showed, like, the the Hebrew um, of Genesis 126 and 27. And then it shows kind of like a dictionary of the word Elohim. And it'll say, like, I think 2,606 times it's used in the Old Testament. And then, again, you know, the line when we're preaching is, the in the Bible... The word Elohim is used over 2,500 times, 
right? But look at the rest of the sentence. So it's, it's yes, that word is used over 2,500 times, but not the way the WMS COG is saying it's being used. Plus, one other thing real quick, I want to mention that Steve actually brought up because, like, when they when they talk about Elohim gods, there's a subject in the book, um, Kim Ju Chol's book, uh, God's Called Ones, called the Elohim Gods, and they use Genesis 11 to um, prove, you know, like uh, when when God is referred to as in plural, when God said us, right? Um, they use that to say that that's referring to Elohim. Actually, the word Elohim is not used in that verse. It's you said it was um, Jehovah, right? Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. So, um, so yeah, so I want to just point that out there, too. Elohim is not using that verse, but the WMSCOG teaches it is. So that's incorrect. Well, Which I further shows their Hebrew skills. Yes, if, no, I think you know, that's, that's, that's huge, and that can't be under or overemphasized. Yeah. Just the, the, the lack of scholarship uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the, this field of, of study to, like, again, to pretend like you're for them to pretend like they're actually doing some sort of real meaningful intellectual like diving into the wording here of this mm-hmm. verse is just that again it's it's so laughable because they like they they they're right there is like a plurality to the us mm-hmm. and the our uh which which we want to argue with and they're they're right to emphasize that but to to do that and then in the same breath completely ignore <laughs> The, the instances uh, where it completely refutes the exact thing we're mm-hmm. trying to say. It's just the inconsistency is crazy. And the fact, again, like you're, you're saying that these guys don't have degrees, you know, they don't, they don't know Hebrew. They don't know how they to read ha- the language and they right. can't go back. Um, you know, we had a member recently who, you know, it, it, I, I can't say this is, you know, I don't want to paint too broad of a brush, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, but this member, was trying to point me, you like trying to trying to prove one of their doctrines, and, and to do so, he was trying to show me the Spanish translation uh, of a verse, as if that meant anything. And and so that's not I'm not faulting him necessarily. What what that goes back to, I think, though, is the leadership and how uh, this group seems to be teaching its members or, or not teaching them uh, is maybe a better way of saying it to study the Bible. They're they're just the the way that they promote that that their members look at scripture and mm-hmm. interpret it is just uh terrible they believe what they're told from their leadership yeah. yeah i mean i was told the same thing and even people who don't speak spanish they were told the same thing is that that particular verse that you're referencing um to mention about the spanish version and what it says because it seemingly points to right it seemingly adds another tick to this is why we say, you know, this is why, you know, we're we're right, but it's it's not. Yeah. Because you need right. to look at the original language in which something is written, not like it's like me saying like, oh, you need to see this verse in Russian, or you need to see this verse in Chinese. Like you can see it in those languages, but it, what really matters is the source document, right, or this the source language, right. which was Hebrew. So one more thing before I move to, to section two is one more thing I want to say is, is again, I want to take this, this phrase that they, they, they act as if they have like this, this real knockdown sort of statement. And they say, um, so again, referring to Genesis 126, they say, if, if their insistence, uh, probably their meaning the Christian um, is right, God should have mm-hmm. said, I will make man in my image, in my likeness. However, God certainly said, let us, plural. Uh, and so basically what they're saying is if if God is really one God, then he should have said, let us make make man in my image. But he said, let us make, make man in our image. So mm-hmm. ju- jumping to, yeah, but jumping to Genesis 127 real quick, I'm going to say that same. <laughs> I, I, and I've said this same thing to them a lot. But Genesis 127 says, so God created man in his own image in the image of God mm-hmm. he created him male and female he created them so I'll just say the same God thing well, just, he just, created him right and then it says he created and then it says you know he created he, he male created and female them. right right so it, it's yeah. so this this verse just plug this verse into that p- paragraph that I just read from the WMSUG and you could say 
if their insistence, if the WMSCOG is right, <laughs> yeah, and God point. and God is pl uh, plural, there's more than one God, mm -hmm. then God should have said, let us, me and mother, uh, create mm -hmm. man in our own images, in the mm -hmm. images, the images plural of God, they created him, male and female, they created them. Well, they um, created them. You have to rewrite the Bible. They created them. Yeah. Yeah, but but so. it's just this that that whole point there is just another another push yeah. about how inconsistent the World Mission Society Church of God is. Um, well, in, in the way they interpret it, the the Bible in these places. Yeah, and it also comes down to you know the you know will somebody who's you know reading the Bible for the first time, you know, will they come to that conclusion themselves? that there exists a male God and a female God from these two verses and they won't and no. people have it, you know? So right. it's, it's the whole, you know, they have the idea that there exists a God, the mother, and they're taking verses out of context to prove it. But anybody reading the Bible, you know, people start usually from Genesis. Anybody reading the Bible is not going to catch that. Right. And it's like so, Jordan made a good point. You'd have to literally rewrite those verses yeah. to make it say what they're really saying. Exactly. You know, it said, yeah, they're trying to pick on one word. Like they see the word us and go, ah, even though there's an alternate explanation, Trinity. And they basically would have to rewrite tons of parts of the verses to make mm -hmm. any sense at all. Like you kind of put out really good. Yeah. Yeah. So next section is titled One Man Adam Represents Adam and Eve. Um, I'm excited so say, for this section. Yeah. They say to understand <laughs> God correctly, we need to take a close look at Adam and Eve. It's because Adam and Eve, who were created in the image and likeness of God, are the copy of God. So through Adam and Eve, the copy, we can understand God, the original. Adam and Eve, who were created in the image of God, are two separate people. But the Bible often, often describes them as, as one. <laughs> that word there <laughs> made me giggle Let's just stop bit. there before That's we go to Romans. That's the definition of often. There? Yes, de define often. If often is, is the two, two verses that you mentioned, <laughs> then, <laughs> right. Well, that's all right. Yeah. So let's, They had to try to make it sound a little bit better. G go ahead, Steve. You wanted to stop there. So what? Yeah, yeah. What no, I mean, Kelsey's, Kelsey's chomping the bit. I want to hear it. She says, I don't have that much yeah. say here. Um, there's a couple of problems here. Like they say that, you know, we're a copy of God. We're a copy of God? No, not right. at all. Yeah. You know, we're in a completely different category than God. You know, we're lower than the angels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're switching categories here. They Remember, like we talked last week, we said that when they talk about being in the image of God, they're talking about a physical image. Mm -hmm. But here they're kind yeah. of switching this around to kind of talk about a, a supernatural, you know, union between a husband and a wife. So they're kind yeah. of flipping the ways they mean things back and forth. Yep. Right. And and also, again, the Bible describes God as spirit, right? So when it says right. we are made in the image of God, it, it can't be the physical it's image because God physical, is spirit. Right. Yeah. Right. So again, there's. I mean, if, if that's the case, that. real quick, Kelsey, if it's the case that, you know, the image has to do with, you know, the, the whether God is male or female, then we would also have to go back, you know, and figure out, okay, what, I wonder what color like Adam and Eve's hair was or what their skin color was. Cause, right. cause that would tell us what color God's hair is and, and what color his no, skin God's is. spirit. They're right. made in his image. And so it's just like the, how quickly they're, this mm -hmm. sort of nonsense breaks down when you just stop and analyze it mm -hmm. a little bit. But like how so just to give a, yeah. Yeah. To give a little corrective on this, like, you know, in, in proper theology. So uh, like John 4, 24, like Kelsey said, you know, um, God is spirit and those who worship this worship the spirit and truth. So Christ is talking to the father. Second person in Trinity is talking to the first person in the Trinity in that passage. God is spirit. And if you go to John 1, 1, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. So there you got the father and the son in eternity together two separate persons who are face to face there so in the beginning was the word second person in trinity and the word was with god with the first person the trinity two separate persons and the word was god jesus was divine and then the word became flesh so in john 1 14 so the second person trinity took on an additional nature so yes he was fully divine but he's also can now fully human he was the god man that's he's our mediator 
So the father never incarnated as the son did, took on that additional nature. So that's why God was spirit. And the son prior to his incarnation was also spirit. And the Holy Spirit, by definition, is also spirit. So the only person member of the Godhead right now with a body is the son, the second person of the Trinity. You mm-hmm. see that in Colossians chapter 2 where Paul says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is post-resurrection, decades after the resurrection. And Paul's saying, right, you know, uh, in him is dwelling. Like right now is dwelling all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why it says in you know, for John, it, we, when, we, when we see him, we'll be like him. You know, he's going to come back with those nail prints in his hands when, we, when, he, comes, when he comes again. But the point is, <clears throat> prior to the incarnation, like Kelsey points out really well, you know, God was spirit. So if they're trying to say that, you know, God had a body back then, that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if we're in the image of God, image of what? You know, right. you know, God is not, it's not like Kenneth Copeland would say, like, God's a big man and we're a kind of copy of that. No, God is a spirit. So it can't be, you know, a physical image like they try to say. They haven't thought this through. Right. And in the whole, in the whole uh, kingdom of heaven anyway, everything was spirit. You know, there wasn't even a physical world anyway back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that, that's also an interesting point, Kelsey. Think about that. So if we all lived in a pre-existent world, okay, how could... God make us for the first time in Genesis 1. We were already made. So if he's saying make us in his image, hey, we would be created thousands of years ago in the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when the creation that's of the image point. would have been done. That's a, that's a bring, very good point. Uh, bring that out. Spell that out to the listeners. Yeah. And people in the church think this me, through. Bring that yeah. out. Let me bring translate this to members. Because this is a very good point, because the WMS, they teach that, you know, before we came to this earth, we existed with God in the kingdom of heaven, right? As spirit, uh, you know, in spirit, right? So if we existed with God in the kingdom of heaven before we came down to this earth, yeah, as a spirit, before we came down to this earth in bodily form. So when the Bible says that we are made in the image of God, right, we already existed before Adam and Eve were created, according to WMS COG doctrine. So then, so there'd be no that, image creating in Genesis. That yeah, image creating would have already like been physical, done. Yeah, physical, yeah, image creating, yeah. No, so, yeah, image creating. So period. really, wouldn't it come down to if if they're correct about the preexistence and when it says God created man in His image? Well, the only thing left really to create was the physical aspect yeah. of man. So it's almost like they're forced into saying that the image of God has everything to do with physical, with the physical. Yes body which, yes. which again would, would would reduce god to being like us like god is just a right. physical flesh and blood man then apparently um so yeah there's a lot of seems like there's a lot well, of like the heavenly there. play you got you know your long hair uh you know elohim father and mother right there and then you got all you know us living all as angels in the the pre-existent world but they're already created in that image already they already mm-hmm. look like you know you know, father over there. And it's like, well, how could they be created in the image in Genesis one? Because they're already created in that image a long time ago in the spirit world. You know, here's a verse in first Corinthians chapter 15. I'll just read it. Verse 46. Uh, it says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. So, you know, it's like, you know, the natural, the physical worlds, you know, it's, it's first. There is no pre-existence like that. You know, I always mm-hmm. use the verse. Um, oh, that's just a good point. Aside. Yeah, yeah. Zechariah twelve one. It says, "And how is it that God creates the spirit of man within him? He doesn't like bring it into a body." Let me just even read. The, you know, just you look it up. But basically, it's the idea that he says God creates the spirit of man within him. So that means the physical is created, and then he he gives him a spirit like that. It's not like we existed as spirit creature and then we were given physical bodies later. Zechariah 12.1, he says, and this man, God creates a spirit of man within him. There is no pre-existent okay. world. As there is no kingdom of heaven before earth. That's just false. There's a bunch of verses they take out of context about God's foreknowledge. Not that they were happening right there and then, but God's foreknowledge. And they, just like the Mormons do. And they try to say, aha, see, it's a pre-existence. There was no pre-existence before. Pre-existence. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a really good point that you bring up, is, is what I like to call a big bag of baloney. 
That's what we're going to call that. So, a mountain. Um, so that what they, they say that Adam and Eve, who were created in the image of God, are two pe- separate people, which is correct. But the Bible often describes them as one, which is also correct. Uh, and so they list Romans 5, 12 through 15. And they list, uh, I think it was Ephesians. Uh, no, they list Genesis 2, 22 through 24, which is quoted in Ephesians. So there's the oh, verse yeah. in Romans 5, which talks about how um, sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and they'll make the point by saying, they'll say, well, well, Adam and Eve were both involved in, in the sin in the Garden of Eden. And so if the Bible is saying, you know, it was Adam's sin, well, Eve's being included there. And so, so Adam and Eve are being called one, you know, it's the sin of one man, but it was, it was two. So they're trying to say, you know, basically, basically, if you read through this, it's like they're, well, I wrote like their, their argument is, I feel like you can boil it down to this. They're saying, look, in the Bible, you can have two like Adam and Eve who, mm-hmm. who are referred to as one. Therefore, God, the mother exists and God, the father and God, the mother are two, but they're also two, one. But one. And it's like, well, they need to read the, a book on logical fallacies. Right, but exactly. How they word this is so confusing because here they're uh-huh. saying Adam and Eve, who created, who are created in the image of God, are two separate people, but Bible describes them as one. But then they go on to explain that it's, you know, at, like Adam, just like, you know, God the Father is is not the, you know, how do I, how do they word it? They said it's like two, it's like, Hang on, it's a contradiction. It's um, where is it? That there's two, like, like there's two images within one, right? So it's instead of like there's Adam and Eve separate but one. Instead, they word it like in Adam, there is also Eve, and that's why they're yeah. One. Where's that? Do you that know what I'm trying to that? say? Oh, hang on, let me um. Well, I is it in? It's, I, it, I'm wording it not the way I want it to word it, but it's... You're talking about the final paragraph, the supplementary explanation, right, Kelsey? No, well, it, it, let me see. Uh, da, 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 let me see. It's, I think you're talking oh, about yeah, the egg and everything. Because at at the end, it says, the word the word God contains both God the Father and God the Mother. Is that what you're talking about? But they're trying to... And here, here's the fallacy they're making. They're, they're playing this game. They're saying, okay, well, just like... You know, Adam and Eve are two separate persons, but we can speak of them as one. Aha, we can do this with God. Just because we can do it doesn't mean we have to do it because it contradicts the rest yeah. of the Bible and revelation and doctrine in the Bible. So off the bat, we know. So, yes, in one sense, but they're not the same being as the members of the Trinity are. It's a very different kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just because something is described one way in one place in the Bible doesn't mean something in a different category in a different place in the Bible is going to mean the same thing. As we said before, analogies break down. Um, the Bible specifically reveals that God is triune in nature and is very different from what we have with humanity. So it's kind of like a categorical fallacy. Yeah, so like, and, and maybe you want to cut that last part out about what I was mentioning, but because it, it's it's confusing in the sense that they're saying... Let me just let me just get it out because I don't know how well it's going to come out. But again, you know, Adam and Eve are two separate people in one. But they say you know Adam represents Christ, right? Which represents God the Father. So in God the Father, they're not saying that you know there's. I mean, they they do teach that there's God the Father and God the Mother. They're separate, but they're one. But at the end, in the supplementary explanation, they they don't say it that way. It ties back to the introduction and the weird how the, how they work. Yeah, God I can't wait to too, right? I can't wait to get into that part. Yeah, I can't wait so to get into that. They part. say the one and only God has two images of God, so it's like it it's it's confusing how mm. they their wording mm-hmm. stuff throughout this study. They go from, you know, Adam and Eve, two separate people, but one, but then Adam represents God. God is one being with two I'm images. I'm about to jump into this. So, okay. <laughs> this okay. is the part I've been waiting for. It's, okay. yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, you just get the impression that whoever was writing this, if how, I don't know again how how much Juchol Kim was involved in the actual writing, probably probably. A, I I don't pre- think so. They have group, a but. yeah. I don't I don't think so. I, his name is slapped in the back of the book, but okay, I don't but think he personally wrote every wrote single it. thing. I think it's for either, legal either way. It it, mm-hmm. it gives the impression that the person writing it didn't really 
know what what they were saying to a degree here. They're and that's just, why they members they get so confused say. about this. Yeah, that's why members get so confused by this question: How many gods are there? Is because, because they don't know. They don't know yeah, either. Because they this just is they confusing. know they have to end up with a mother god somehow, yeah, and so they just I mean, kind of like flip yeah. and flop that's, all around the place. Right. So Jordan. So in Romans five twelve fifteen, that part there, you know, this again. They're making another false analogy. It's really another equivocation between God and man. It doesn't work. Um, but this, the thinking here misunderstands the concept of federal headship, where Adam is represented, the representative head of the human family. That's a Christian mm-hmm. doctrine a lot of Christians talk about. And uh, in the same way, a, a president, a, a king, a, a prime minister can be a federal head of a nation, represent all people. In that same sense, Adam is you know, the federal head of the human race. And that's what these people are just not understanding in that verse. Right. So well, it's you, not you those, just, so he doesn't have to be one with Eve in it. They're just speaking about Adam, you know, as the federal head. And that's why we can mention right. Adam alone without Eve. Yeah, and right. also it's I mean it says even within this this verses it says from the the time of Adam to the time of Moses or it says verse fourteen, uh, nevertheless death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Um, so, I mean, that's talking about, like, the times and, like, you know, they, they often, you know, it, it's a patriarchal society, right? The, like, even with lineage, right? It's the males that are listed, right? So, right. that's probably what... But that's the their whole argument, the federal head. Yeah, because their whole argument <coughs> is that, you know, it was really Eve who sinned, but then the Bible writes it as Adam, insinuating that the Bible is showing that they're, you know, two people, but one, but, you, you know, called as one, right? But that's, you know, that's, this verse doesn't say that. Well, and that, so, that I think, could be chalked up again to just ignorance about the culture and context of the literature that they're reading. You know, there's so much, yeah. you know, if they, if they just simply understood that basic point that you just you just explained about Middle Eastern culture in those days about, you know, the, the, the man being the representative and, and Steve, the things you were talking about. Um, it would be clear what what Paul is and is not saying here. But, you know, what, what you said, Steve, that this is equivocation. It's like, I think, to ex- to just give a quick example of, of what, what that um, I'm going to give an example uh, of how I could give a terrible argument basically just like the argument they just gave. In essence, they're saying, since in the Bible, Adam and Eve, who are two, are sometimes referred to as one, they basically jump from that and say, therefore, God the Father and God the Mother must exist as two separate beings who are also one. Terrible. So bad. Okay, so well, why here, not you and me? Why not, you know, yeah. anything there? I mean, well, well, you here's can make a, it up anywhere. Well, I, I actually they're wrote, trying, I they're actually, trying to open the door. Well, I actually wrote something out for that, too, because like you said, like if you replace, you know, Adam and Christ with, let's say, you know, Jordan is a is a pattern of his dad, right? Uh-huh. Jordan ate a cookie, even though his dad said no. But actually, I'm the one that gave Jordan the cookie, right? So I first ate, I ate a cookie and then I gave a cookie to Jordan. So it was actually me who disobeyed his dad first. But it was written down that Jordan, that through Jordan, everyone was punished because he ate a cookie. Does that mean, you know, does that mean Jordan or Kelsey are two separate people, but one person at the same time? No. Right. 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 Another similar example would be like the bride of Christ, the church is referred to as one body, right? The the body of Christ. It's one body. Yeah. But yet it's made up of millions Many of members. people. And and this is the this is the body of Christ, and so you could you know you could take a concept like that and use the same sort of logic and rationale and terrible mm-hmm. argumentation that they're using. And say, look, since the body of Christ, which is a representation of Christ, it, this is a the body of Christ. The church is a copy of Christ. Since the body of Christ is made up of million individuals who are also referred to as one, that must mean that Christ himself is actually made up of millions of separate gods, but 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 they're just referred to as <clears throat> one Christ. But there's actually millions of, of, of separate persons within this, this uh, reference to one Christ. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that argument right there, as stupid and horrible as it was and, and unbiblical, that is just as solid as of an argument as this right. argument that the WMSCOG is given here. In other words, it's it's not solid at all. It's a pile of garbage argument. Um, yeah. It doesn't work. 
So, Jordan, here, you know, there's a lot of problems in this chapter, but for me, the thing that got me really excited about looking forward to doing this chapter is where we get to talk about, you know, how many gods there is. And I think this is like the central doctrine of the Bible, like who God mm -hmm. is. And in this chapter, of all chapters we looked at so far, we really come to the crux of the issue. And uh, they quote here in Staff of Moses, chapter 5, on the second page, they talk about Genesis 2. And they say, for this reason, man shall leave his um, father and mother and be united his wife, will come one flesh. So even though Adam and Eve are two separate beings, they can describe one person, Adam. Now, here we go. As Adam and Eve, who, um, who are the copy, rep can represent one person, <coughs> excuse me, so does God, who is the original. Although there are two gods, now let's get that. Although there are two gods, God the Father and Mother, we can say that God is one. Now this is the moment I've been waiting for in this whole thing because, uh, you know, we get to talk about their view of polytheism. They have it black and white right here. They spell there it out. two gods, and, and they said. <clears throat> two gods. Mm -hmm. And this is the issue you find in the Church of God. It's really frustrating. They kind of, you have, you depends on who you talk to in the church, and Kelsey will acknowledge this. <coughs> You'll see this among which member you talk to, which leader, and they kind of have two different ways of expressing it. Sometimes they'll say, oh yeah, there's two gods, father, mother, two gods, but then you'll talk to another person, they'll say, well, there's really one God, but there's two aspects of the same God. So it's kind of who you're talking to. They'll also emphasize that there's only one, they'll say, yes, there's one God, one God, the father. Is what they'll say, right? Yeah, because like right. a lot of like a lot of verses where it says one God, they'll they'll switch it and say, oh, that's only talking about the Father. But the bottom line question, though, guys, is like how many gods there is? Right, right. here, they say two. It just couldn't be more clear. It says we believe in two gods in this church. Mm -hmm. yep. Now, for all you people are in the church now, or people are investigating the church, or thinking about joining. You really got to slow it down and think of this. Even if they're right on everything else, which they're not, everything can be answered really easily. They have come out really clearly and said, although there are two gods, God the Father, An Sung Hong, Korean guy who died in 85, and God the Mother, older Korean woman who created the universe in South Korea, we can say that God is one. Now, you know, this is the thing that, you know, they should have clear more than anything. You know, if you talk to a Christian, yeah, we believe in one God. There's not going to be a split in Christianity. Well, I guess, you know, Jordan believes in two and I believe in one. And Everybody's Kelsey believes say in one. Yeah, yeah. But they, but it's, you find that in the leadership. So that's why on this uh, this download I have, I, I put together a lot of verses. And it's really, really clear that the Bible says there's only one God. This is more than enough reason for you to leave the church when you look at what the Bible says. Not verses that you can simply twist around and try to make it say, oh, well, that's really Elohim or it's really talking about Father and Mother together. I'm talking ways that God almost anticipates that and he is stating really clearly in a way that you can't get the two gods out of the one God bit. So I hope you go check out this, uh, this resource which I've created um, what I did very deliberately is I put the verses in a kind of a hierarchy where the clarity of the one God, the way they misuse it, is shot down really hard. So the first verse I use here is Malachi 2.10. And it says, do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? Now this is NIV. Now, supposedly, two gods created us. Isn't that what we've been talking about in Genesis 1, 26, 27? Mm -hmm. There's Elohim you know, God gods the who created us. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, let me read that again in Malachi. Do we, do we not all have one father? No mention of mother here. Did not one God create us? Mm, very interesting. Isaiah 44, 24. This is what the Lord says. You're redeemed who formed you in the womb. Oh, you mean not from the kingdom of heaven, pre-existent world? Oh, interesting. Uh, this is what the Lord says, you redeemed who formed you in the womb. Where were we formed? Uh, I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who sprout the earth by myself. Oh, well, and they use, they're mother? aware of that verse. They use that verse for, for Savior of each age. So members, they know that verse very well. That, yeah, you know, they, but they even they're point not out reading that, it. 
Yes. That, they, they use that to say God the Father Jehovah created the earth by himself, right? He didn't have any helper. He did it by himself. That's what they say, but they don't internalize that. They just think that, oh, that shows that Jesus and Jehovah are one and the same, but they don't internalize that to say, to understand that, you know, that also applies to God the Mother, right? Is that it makes me think of, yes, yeah, it makes me think of the Hebrews 9 28 thing where they Mm -hmm. look and they say, you know, uh, they're looking forward to, you know, the the second coming Christ there. But at the end of the verse, it says, for all those who are looking forward to his coming, no one was looking forward to his coming in 1948 or 1964. Their whole doctrine is based upon the assumption that there there is nobody there to look forward to it, that the whole church. Yeah, and they just kind of read the verse really quickly, but they don't look at it. If, If this is your first time hearing that, member, look at Hebrews 9 28 and read the whole verse where it says, uh, for the, for those who are anxiously looking, well, supposedly Passover was lost and, you know, it was abolished and had to be restored. There was no one looking for it. Well, the same thing here. It's like Kelsey said, they just read right through the verse. They don't really look at the verse and internalize. They, they need they to. Look at the, they look at those specific key words that the WMSCOG points to them. And then they, they follow the, the exact, text. you know, wording of how they're supposed to explain it to someone else. So because they have the keywords and then they have the wording, um, they, they overlook any other kind of, you know, they'll overlook the context. They overlook, you know, even, even other pieces within that same sentence. Right. So, right. yeah, they, they not only proof text, it's almost like they prove word. They prove yeah. phrase. They they kind of pick oh, the verse yeah. apart, and they. I mean, this group butchers the Bible so badly. I I really hope. Look, remember, you have nothing to fear from the Bible. This is the word of God. This is what you base your life on, supposedly, mm-hmm. right? Please right. go through these verses that I've got listed here. It's only scripture. I don't have any commentary of me in here or anything. It's just letting the verses speak for themselves. Read them slowly and see who really created things. It's not I a mean, father and a mother. It's pretty I if, clearly. I don't know if you guys can see this, um, but like, look at the verses that I have. I mean, it's underlined. I have keywords highlighted. That's how they taught us when we were members. 